is one and all, and welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Mike. <laughs> I hope I don't drop. Uh, that sound. And, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emily, as always. Hello, Hello Emily. Hi. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Uh, excellent. This is going to be a really fun uh, conversation. I'm looking forward to it. And we have two wonderful guests. Yes, we do. We have Pastor Amanda Neppel. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Thanks for coming yeah, back. Yeah, glad to be here. And Pastor Ashley Lentz. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Thanks for coming back, too. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> we are be surrounded by brilliance today, uh, Emily, <laughs> yeah. as, as we always are. But I'm really excited to have these two here to talk about this conversation. We're reading through the Bible together as a church family. Uh, we've got these handy-dandy bookmarks that you can pick up at any of our Hope campuses. You can also go to our website to find the readings. And our readings take us to uh, the back half of Second Chronicles, and we have a Wednesday night class for that uh, in West Des Moines, for those who are interested. <laughs> We're going to keep our focus on Acts 22 to 28 today, which was our reading for this week. It's really fascinating adventures uh, mm-hmm. for specifically Paul. Yeah. Um, we're kind of zooming in. Luke is now zooming in on Paul's missionary adventures. And mm-hmm. so we're going to take a deeper look. So get your Bibles out or just listen in. If you don't have access to your Bible, and thanks for joining us for lunch. If you're joining us live and if you're listening on demand, we're glad you're tuning in too. So let's get to the questions. Why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any questions? Oh, yeah. No, should have saw that coming. Why did the crowd in Jerusalem, some members of the high council and a group of 40 plus Jews who took an oath not to eat or drink, want to kill Paul? Amanda. Yeah. So, okay. So here's a really short answer to that question. And then I'm going to explain it a little bit. The short answer to that question is because Paul was excellent at meeting people exactly where they were to preach the gospel to them. And then the flip side of that is Paul was also excellent at offending everybody equally. Uh, because Sounds like pastors. Right? right? Yes. <laughs> and so as Paul was telling the truth, of the things that uh, Jesus had revealed to him. Uh, He ended up making people mad all over the place. And so it's really interesting. First of all, something to point out here, uh, beginning in chapter 22, when Paul is retelling everything that has happened to him, and he talks about how the man who helped him, that man was named Ananias. Mm -hmm. Now, in irony of ironies, the high priest is also Ananias. I know. So uh, you don't want to get your Ananias is confused. <laughs> okay. Keep yep. your Ananias yeah. straight. Yep, that's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, and w- so, one's a really good guy. Absolutely. And the other one's a little a more little has a different complicated. Agenda. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and so the man who helped Paul, that Ananias, um, and Paul is relaying this, that the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. Now that is dripping with Old Testament language. And mm. so... Um, uh, the folks who were there uh, who were versed in the Old Testament, who knew those scriptures, they would have immediately understood uh, that we are referring to the one who God had promised would be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So they understand that immediately. Okay. And so they're like, okay, we're kind of on track with this guy. We're kind of, we're kind of following with him. And then I think this might be my favorite line in this passage, uh, 22 to 28, uh, that we're looking at this week. Uh, because Paul in chapter 22, verse one says, but then the Lord said to me, uh, go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Verse 22, the crowd listened until Paul said that word. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then they all began to shout. So as soon as Paul says the word Gentiles, mm-hmm. everybody collectively loses their minds. And to us, that doesn't make any sense to us, but oh my goodness, in our in the year of our Lord 2023, what are those words? Like we could name them off the top of our heads, right? Where if we were to say yeah. this word or that word, that people would collectively 
go bananas, right? Mm-hmm. So that's so okay. So Paul's got that group of people. He has just completely lost them because he mentioned the word Gentiles and indicated, made it very clear uh, that from the beginning, God's message of hope and God's gospel and the Messiah were always going to be for all people. Mm-hmm. And so that idea just completely makes folks nuts. Then in chapter 23, we turn the page here, and Paul is before the high council. And now, as we hear about Ananias, now we're talking about the um, different agenda, Ananias. And if my memory serves me, this high priest, Ananias, was the same one who was in charge of Jesus' trial as well. Yeah, he he was certainly on that high council, and Caiaphas was involved then, too. But Ananias has always been high-ranking. Absolutely. And and his name is mentioned uh, when we're looking at the uh, the trial of Jesus. So that is the same Ananias. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so then Paul realizes that he's talking to Pharisees and Sadducees who have a different view of what happens to us after we die. And the Pharisees believe in a resurrection of the dead and the Sadducees do not. Well, so Paul knows this. And so he's like, the only reason I'm here, Pharisees, is because I believe with you, believe you in you, that people can in fact be resurrected from the dead. In fact, I know a guy who that happened to, you know? (laughs) And so so he meets I know a guy. I know a guy, right? (laughs) And so then he uh, manages to get them all riled up. They get so mad at each other. Some of them believe in him because they or believe what Paul is saying about this Messiah, this Jesus, and um, because they like that he agrees with them. Others of, you know, they're mad at one another, but they're also mad at him for stirring all this up. And so then when this group of 40 or so uh, get together and decide that they are not going to eat or drink, they are going to fast yeah. because their purpose is to have this guy Paul arrested and wiped out <clears throat> because of the um, offensive things that he's saying. And so they get the the high priest on their side. And all of that would have happened if it hadn't been for Paul's nephew, uh, who hears about the plot. And mm-hmm. then again, in what we see all throughout Acts is how all of these terrible things are happening. And yet God uses each and every one of them to accomplish the purpose that God has called Paul and others to. And so in this, when the nephew then finds out what's going on, uh, takes it to somebody else or to the leader of the Roman government then and says, we got to get him out of town or the the government in that area says, we got to get him out of town. And eventually that's how we end up beginning this journey. This is the very, very beginning of this journey that Mm -hmm. Paul is going to make ultimately to Rome. There's so much going on here. Yes. And you did you just did such a nice <laughs> job of taking us through those stories. There's there's three parts to three different groups getting offended and you hit them all. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just want to I just want to highlight one part of that, which is the word prejudice. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it in that verse in uh, Acts chapter 22. Yeah. I will send yep. you far away to the Gentiles. The yep. Lord said to me, Paul says in verse 21, Acts 22, 21. Mm-hmm. Verse 22, that's what sends them, that triggers them, that that puts them down a pathway. They're like, that's the thing you can't do, Paul. All the things you said until now, okay, we're listening, we're listening, we're listening, we're listening. We're not sure, but we're listening. But as soon, you know, you had me at Gentiles. As soon as you (laughs) said Gentiles, we have such a deep prejudice, the the people who are hearing Paul back Mm -hmm. then, against that group of people. Our prejudice can be on a lot of different levels. It could be nationality, it, it can be race, it can be ethnicity, it could be gender, it could be generation, it could Absolutely. be it could be worldview, it could yeah. be political, it could yeah. be all it could be religious. The Pharisees and the Sadducees have a spiritual prejudice toward one another. It's interesting mm-hmm. they're all on the same council. They're all in the same body, uh, governing body for the religious folks in, in that part of the world. 
But they don't like each other. And Paul knows that. And I think he's actually kind of leveraging that for the sake of trying to bring truth into those places. So what do we do if we're being faithful in the the face of prejudice? We have to speak truth. And we can't cater to the prejudice, even if there's people who are saying, hey, we don't like it when you say that, uh, you know, uh, racism is still a thing. It is. And so because it's truth, we have to say that. We, we don't like it when you make us feel uncomfortable uh, and put that prejudice in front of us. We all have, we all mm-hmm. have yes. temptations to have prejudice, mm-hmm. myself, front of the line included. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a city where prejudice was the name of the game. I went mm-hmm. to a public high school in the north side of Chicago where prejudice was daily in front of our faces. It was just blatant. Sometimes it's more subtle. It's, it's, it's based on other things. But I think this is just a call out for us all to check our prejudice at the door when it comes to following Jesus, because there isn't any room for it in God's kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the thing that gets you riled up? Because it may be prejudice. It yeah. may be a word like, I just gonna, it may be a word like woke. Yeah. As soon as you hear that word, you know. Totally against everything totally, you're going to yes. say now. Yes, sure. yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or, um, you know, and what we see from the, the from the people who hear that, like as soon as they hear that thing, then everything else is shut down. There is no room for them for any type mm-hmm. of uh any nuance mm-hmm. any gray mm-hmm. any right. uh uh just any layers of anything it's either yes or no and for them when they hear that word and so you know my thought is well what is that word for you mm-hmm. what is that word that when you hear that your brain shuts down and you just walk away and what's left behind that um, that then we're never exposed to or never forced to think about mm-hmm. because it was that one thing uh, that shut that that one word or that one idea in the case of the Pharisees versus the Sadducees. What mm-hmm. shuts you down and what's behind that? If you could listen and instead of walking away or getting into a yelling match, if you could instead get curious, right? Mm-hmm. what yes. would happen? Yep. Mm-hmm. When we get offended, we tend to stop yeah. listening. Yes. Yeah, we do. And and it also begs the question, is Jesus enough to hold us together mm-hmm. if we have differences, if we have different nationalities, if we have different worldviews, if we have different uh, you know backgrounds, if we cheer for different teams? Mm-hmm. What, right. what, what, what is it? Sometimes our prejudice can go so far that it's not just I'm cheering for my – use the analogy of sports. Mm-hmm. So – um, we see this in Iowa. There's Iowa, Iowa State, and it's a it's a it's a really big rivalry, <laughs> like a lot of states have on a lot of things. Uh, I said I grew up in Chicago. Cubs, White Sox fans tend not to like each other's teams very much. But does that mean we don't like each other? Right. I mean, a, a, at what point does it turn from kind of good, clean fun? We're having a, a spirited rivalry yes. that's that's kind of interesting and enjoyable, and we want our team to win, and we want our team to beat your team. But at what point? Does that, and I'm just using that as an analogy, mm-hmm. not as really the main point I'm trying to make. Um, it, at what point is it wrong if I say, well, I'm not just for my team, I'm against your team. I need mm-hmm. your team to lose in order to feel better about my team that's losing. And so what's the outcome of that? Right. This is the problem with prejudice. It, yep. This is the, the problem with judgmentalism is it pushes everybody down instead of what the Bible calls us to do, which is lift everybody up. Yeah, yep. that's good. Yep. What can we learn from the trials and imprisonment of Paul about keeping the faith and remaining strong in the face of religious persecution? Oh, yeah. Acts is all, aren't we reading about imprisonment all through the book of there's, Acts? There's a lot of people in a lot of prisons. There's a lot of people in a lot of prisons over and over and over again. I had uh, the opportunity to speak at Revive last week here in West Des Moines. And uh, the scripture was Paul and Silas being released from prison. And I just kind of walked through all the places where we're reading about prison chains breaking and prison doors literally being unlocked. Mm-hmm. And I've read the book of Acts a few mm-hmm. times, right? We tend to read this. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting, but 
I've read this and I you skip over it as if it's normal. Like sure. prison chains fall and people walk out of prison. And yeah, you like, know, just yeah. another day. It's mm-hmm. you know, that's what happens in Acts. And we tend to not believe that God is going to do this for us today, break us out of our prisons and, and let chains fall. And I think what we can take away as we read over and over and over again about the freedom of of these people who are doing God's work is freedom is for us. Like mm-hmm. we should be able to articulate our faith in terms of freedom, because that's what it is. Like mm-hmm. God is making people free yes. from Genesis to revelation. And let's not dismiss how important that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's it, it, God's power is going to win in the end. God's going to break yes. through. I think it's also probably worth noting here as we read about all these imprisonments, as you said, Pastor Ashley, that Christianity just doesn't fit. If we're going to follow Jesus faithfully, let me put it this way. We shouldn't be surprised when we aren't fully embraced by everybody yes. all the time. Sure. Some people passionately, yes, uh, uh, you know, most of the time. But everybody all the time, that shouldn't be the expectation because the world's view, uh, a cultural view, any cultural view that says, well, it's about us, it's selfish, it's prideful, it's what can we get for ourselves, what, what can we consume – Jesus' message is, let me teach you how to serve. Yes. Let, let me ter- teach you how to forgive. I don't want, I'm, I'll never forgive that person, the world says. And Jesus says, well, you gotta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, that, that person, I'm going to hate that person forever. Jesus says, you can't. <laughs> um, the, the thing I'm going to live for is getting more stuff for myself. And Jesus says, actually, I got a better way. Yep. It's just not going to fit. Mm-hmm. As much as we want it to, we're not going to be able to synthesize following Jesus with following the ways of this world. And I, I don't want to say that in some sanctimonious, self-righteous way, like, so we've all got it right and the world's got it wrong. Because the fact of the matter is, again, we're all really complicated and there's times we just fully embrace the world. And then where it gets really slippery is when we try to apply that worldly kind of way into Christianity. And then Christianity gets tainted and it, get, it gets all messed up. And we start having watered down versions of Christianity that fit the world right. yep. instead of just saying... Wow, when I read Acts, I'm reminded how radical following Jesus is. Yep. When I read Acts, I'm reminded why they kept getting thrown in prison, why there were riots, what, because the world just isn't going to embrace a selfless life. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to embrace a life where you have to put other people ahead of yourself. That's not what we're taught in a million different ways uh, by the voices and the influencers of this world. So here comes this new influencer, Paul, mm-hmm. who's pointing us to the big influencer, Jesus, who says, I got a better way for you, actually. And the more we can follow that way, the better it's going to be for us. So yeah. there's going to be trouble. And when mm-hmm. there is, we keep the faith. I think because, well, we sh- let's not be surprised. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted. But then, like you were saying, Pastor Ashley, we trust that God's going to win, that, that there's going to be a victory in mm-hmm. the end. Uh, and so by taking the long view, Paul has this confidence. Yes. So do all the other Christians it's, that we're reading about that's next. That's why he's walking into Rome, right? Yeah. And certainly he knows what's awaiting him in yeah. Rome, and he continues to go. Yeah, that whatever happened, Paul's got this kind of like, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be easy. Yeah. And when it isn't, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm yeah. with I'm I'm with him. You know, I, I'm with Jesus. <laughs> he's got my back. That's yeah. right. I, I, yeah. No matter what you do to me, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. At the heart of Paul's defense before King Agrippa is this hope that God can raise the dead. Why is the resurrection so important to Paul and to Christianity? 
Yeah, this, mm. this comes up in Acts 26, verse 7. Um, it, it comes up throughout the book of Acts. But let's take a look at that. So in verse 7, it says this of Acts 26. Um, it says, in fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel zealously worship God night and day. And they share the same hope I have. And the same hope that he has is in the resurrection of Jesus. And so that resurrection power is essential to our understanding of Christianity. Uh, Christianity becomes a house of cards that crumbles and falls apart if there is no resurrection of the dead. Then we're just kind of going through religious motions. Mm -hmm. The same Paul will say later in one of his letters to the Corinthian church, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are most of all to be pitied. We're wasting our time. We're spinning our wheels. We're we're not going to get where we want to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, the short answer to that question is because the resurrection is everything Every, yes. uh, for Christianity. It is why we are a Lutheran church of hope. Yep. We're yep. not hope in us or hope in religion or hope right. in the way we do things. We're hoping the resurrection of Jesus. And then that starts to line everything else up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are all these Roman governors and kings and how did God work through their political motivations mm-hmm. to fulfill a promise to Paul? They're very powerful mm-hmm. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they represent yeah. the world. I mean, the Roman Empire, empire was known as the world at, at the mm-hmm. time. And, uh, you know, Rome was the base. And so Paul ultimately getting to Rome was a big deal, uh, as we briefly mentioned, and we'll get to as we move through the rest of these questions. But uh, here's what's really, I think, worth noting. And this is in Acts 23.11. There's also a hint of it in Acts 26.17, is that, God's not intimidated by the world in the same way God wasn't intimidated by Pharaoh and Egypt and all their power and their army mm-hmm. back when he was setting his people free from slavery into the freedom of a new life in a promised land. God is just not intimidated by the powers that be in this world. And so neither should we respect, mm-hmm. yes, honor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's all important, but uh, letting it become kind of something we're intimidated by, Paul's just not going there. And I think that's that's worth us noting. Because he yep. stands with confidence and he takes over every room he's in. Yes. Uh, you know, so you've got a king, Agrippa, or you've got a governor, Felix or Festus. You, you've got these people with great, great power yep. who are putting him on trial. You've got the high priest yep. that you mentioned, mm-hmm. Pastor Amanda, mm-hmm. before. And all these places, Paul could have shrunk into like nothing. Like, ah, you people could kill me. Mm-hmm. But again, Paul doesn't care mm-hmm. because he knows you could kill me. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's power. Yes. <laughs> That's strength. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a confidence there. There's a serious confidence there. Mm-hmm. I think when you read Paul, you you have to, you're faced with this reality that Paul was just, he, he was so focused on eternity. Sure. Like mm-hmm. that was literally, I don't want to say all he cared about because he cared about doing everything that he was called to do while he was here. But Mm -hmm. there was nothing that um, mattered to him truly in relation to eternity like he just mm-hmm. had his eyes second corinthians 4 16 um you know this is why we never give up our present troubles are small but they don't last very long but they yeah. produce for us a glory that far outlasts them and will last forever so we don't look at the things that we can't see we fix our eyes on what we can see because that's what's going to last forever i mean and i just feel like those verses if paul had a, a mission or vision statement mm-hmm. maybe it would have been those because the things that can happen to him in this life he truly it's all over the place is not one bit worried about it mm-hmm. because he's so focused on eternity yeah. I don't know about you guys, but as I've been reading Acts, it's really hard for me to not hear Paul's voice in his letters mm-hmm. reading about what's happening for to sure. him, right? So 
that and Romans, uh, Romans 5, suffering produces perseverance, mm-hmm. perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope doesn't disappoint us. I mean, Amen. he's, he's yep. writing all of these things while, while this is yep. happening to him. Yep. And it's, mm-hmm. there is a greater hope there. Yep. There is. And to get to the, the part of the question that says, how does God work through all these worldly powers that be the kings, the governors, uh, the people who are putting Paul on trial? He works through these because they keep moving him forward. They're they're actually paying for his transportation as a prisoner (laughs) to get him exactly where God prophesied that he would go. Mm -hmm. You will go to Rome, which Mm -hmm. is the center of the world at the time. I mean, it is New York City. It it is like the place. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. (laughs) And so God says, hey, sure, you've been Ephesus, Philippi, uh, Corinth. You've been all these places. But I'm going to send you to Rome before it's all said and done. So this isn't the end for you, Paul, nor is it going to be the end for others around you. I'm going to work through these powerful forces, these kings and governors. I'm going to get you to Rome. They're going to literally ship you to Rome mm-hmm. uh, on their dime, and you're going to mm-hmm. get exactly where I want you to be. So now you tell me who has the power. Yeah, um, is, right. is it the kings and, and, and the governors, or is it actually the God who's working through them to get his will done, which just blows my mind when I start applying that to today. So what is yes. God doing now mm-hmm. yes, through the yes. kings and governors who don't even worship him or, or, mm-hmm. or through the through the prophets or, or prophets, through the worldly leaders? who don't have a care about what God thinks about anything, and yet God can still move through all those mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good thing. Yeah. Why should modern-day Christians <laughs> care about Old Testament prophets and Moses, and why does Paul connect those dots so strongly in Acts 26, verses 22 and 23? Yeah, so that's a really good question, and I think I want to start by answering the second part of it first. Why does why is Paul so insistent on connecting those dots? So Paul has a couple of tasks set before him, and he really is walking a tightrope uh, because he wants the uh, religious leaders who he's familiar with, who he knows intimately, he knows all their arguments because he was one for a, for a period of time when he was a younger man. He wants to meet them where they are, and he wants to show them how their own scriptures point to Jesus as the Messiah. So he he is... Uh, really making uh, the the prophets and and Moses and the law and all that central to his argument. At the same time, he's walking a fine line with the um, with Roman leadership, as we've been talking about, um, because he doesn't want to be seen as stirring anything up. Mm-hmm. He's innocent to the Romans as long as he's not um, intentionally causing trouble. In Jerusalem, so he has this place where he has to highlight to to King Agrippa, I'm just agreeing with what they already teach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. so, so he's highlighting what they already teach and how he agrees with that because he does not, he can't afford to be seen as someone who's inciting riots and that kind of thing. That's what's happening, but he doesn't want to be seen that way because then his trial is going to be over very quickly. The thing that he that Paul has going for him here with King Agrippa is that then he gets Agrippa to be able to say. This guy didn't do anything wrong, but he's appealed to Caesar, so I guess he gets to go to Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and so so again, it's God moving through all of that. But Paul's kind of walking a tightrope. He needs to be able to identify with these different folks who um, uh, he approaches in different ways because he approaches the Gentiles in, in different ways, and he approaches those who are the religious leaders. We've seen throughout Acts that you know he's very intentional about what he asks the Gentiles to do um, or not have to do. He doesn't expect them to follow all of the things that we read about in Leviticus. He's got a few short things that he wants them to do, and it's, it's not keeping the law that, uh, that the religious leaders need him to keep. So he's walking a tightrope there, um, and he wants to be sure and highlight his history so that 
the the Roman authorities don't see him as a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he highlights this so so much in mm-hmm. Acts and why this is so important. Now, why this matters to us uh, in 2023, I think, is obviously we're not dealing with the Roman government. We're not trying to, uh, we're not in this like kind of three-way strange kind of tug of war. Um, but the reason I think that this is so important for us to understand is as we talked about this weekend at the Holy Spirit retreat, mm-hmm. uh, all truth is God's truth. And we are part of a bigger story than just ourselves. So for us living in the middle of Iowa uh, in 2023, looking back on all these things that have happened roughly 2,000 years ago, it's really, really important to know that we are a part of something so much bigger Mm -hmm. uh, than just what we see here at Lutheran Church of Hope. We're part of a global community. We're part Mm -hmm. of a global church, and we're Mm -hmm. part of a community that has gone back to the day that that God created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. That is part of our story. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is not a flash in the pan. This is not just something that Paul came up with that that we're reading about just Paul 2,000 years later. We're reading about the history of God's people mm-hmm. uh, and the timeless truth, the laws and the prophets uh, that God gave to his people, understanding that those laws were not going to be enough to... Um, to dictate our behavior, that we were going to need a heart change, that it's an inside job, but it reminds us that we're all part of a story that God has been writing since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, Paul's a smart dude. Absolutely. And, yes. and we, we're blessed to be pastors of a church of a lot of smart people. And that's why I think they're going to love Paul so much, because mm-hmm. here comes Paul really onto the scene, and he's going to be there for a while now. We're going to read mm-hmm. several of his letters yep. moving forward. Yep. You're going to really like Paul uh, if you're a smart person. You're, you're mm-hmm. going to enjoy him. And I think I think people of high intelligence want to see how the dots connect. Want to see how my faith today has roots and heritage, that, as you say, Amanda, that go way beyond just us mm-hmm. uh, or me or the people I see in the church today. Mm-hmm. They're they're rooted in history. They're they're rooted in God's timeless truth, as you say. Uh, history favors the faithful too, and so the deeper we go into the history of of Christianity, mm-hmm. and we find and discover our roots, the more we start to see, wow, God is really for us, and God is on our side, and we're going to be okay in the same mm-hmm. way Paul finds that along the way. So the deeper mm-hmm. we go into the prophets and the Old Testament understanding of, of law, so we study Moses and the prophets as we're reading through the New Testament, that's going to reveal things about our New Testament faith and our 21st century faith that we wouldn't understand if we were just um, zooming along and saying, you know, here we are. One, one other thing on that, and this is a pet peeve I'm noticing on social media a lot lately, is that you get intellects. I don't know why these things pop up on my screen, but, you know, <laughs> it probably has something to do with what I'm interested in. But People pop up, these these brilliant thinkers, supposedly, and minds and intellects and academics, and one of them just was like fingernails on a chalkboard. He said, uh, no Christian really believes what the Bible says. They just want to believe it. Hmm. And I thought... I'm a Christian and That's I really I really believe it. Uh, yes. So th- uh, there's there's one and actually I know that there's many more than there's yeah. there's yeah. millions and hundreds of millions mm-hmm. billions I would argue but what that implies is that there's no substance to our faith. Right. And I would just invite him without anger. You know, this, this guy who said this in the same way Paul did for the people who are accusing him, mm-hmm. invite him into the story a little bit to take a more honest look at 
not just a, a couple of verses pulled out of text, not just John 3.16, but how does John 3.16, how does, how does the story of Acts, uh, how does bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth, how does that fit in with the beginning of time and mm-hmm. history, and how does that fit in with our need and the necessity for a Savior we have, and on and on and on. To say that nobody really believes this, because there, it, the implicate, of course, because there's no real substance to it, it's just bizarre to me <laughs> because I don't think anything makes more sense right. just intellectually yes. uh, than this. Yes. But I just I wanted to throw that in there too for, for those who ever struggles scrolling through social media like yeah. what? What yeah. is this? One of my favorite <clears throat> moments. We have a lot of good times around here, but one of my favorite moments is in a meeting. You talking about the algorithm and like yeah. these theologians pop up on your social media, and I just had to say like that's never happened to mine. <laughs> like, not, mine is like how to control your preschooler. <laughs> Things like that, but that is great. You no, know, a different interest. Yeah, that's right. yeah that's, that's, that's for right. sure. Uh, why does Festus call Paul insane in Acts twenty six <laughs> verse twenty four? Yes, and how does Paul immediately and wisely turn that accusation around? Yes, well, Pastor Amanda set up the story so well for us. Um, Paul's, you know, walking a fine line, and he's very, very brilliant. So. Um, Here's what happens in this conversation, uh, Acts 26, verse 24. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. And King Agrippa is also standing in this yeah. in this room hearing all of this. And Paul, in his wiseness, kind of backs King Agrippa into a corner. So yep. King Agrippa is the more superior person in this room. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asks him a question. He says, I am not insane. Most excellent Festus. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, building him up too. Yep. What I'm saying is sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly for I am sure these events are all familiar to him for they were not done in a corner. King Mm -hmm. Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Mm -hmm. And so he, he gives him an opportunity. If King Agrippa says no, he is dismissing like this part of his identity because he does know about these prophets and Paul knows that. But if King Agrippa says yes, he's also agreeing with Paul who's on trial. Mm -hmm. So Paul has very wisely placed him in a position uh, where he can't really answer the right way to Paul's benefit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I like King King Agrippa's response. He interrupts him and says, do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Mm -hmm. And Paul's like, whether quickly or not, (laughs) I pray that Great. <laughs> Whether who cares when it happens? This is in God's mm-hmm. timing, right? That both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be a prisoner like I am. I want you to be free in, in what this has called you to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think yeah. it's brilliant. I think yeah. Paul knows what he's doing. He's utilized. You already said it earlier, Pastor Mike. Uh, he's flipping these systems of power. Like really, Paul's not the most powerful person in the room, status-wise, until he does this yeah. and. And that system of power has been flipped and we know who wins this argument. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're phrasing this question, turn the beat around and I can almost hear the Miami sound machine in the background. (laughs) (laughs) You you get love to hear percussion. Uh Paul is completely turning this around. Like you said, and, and he's, 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 he's basically, I think humbly saying you might have more worldly power, but I'm still the smartest guy in this room. And then then that gets, that gets back to um, who's, who's, 
it's very Christ-like, actually, on trial before Pilate. You may have the power Mm -hmm. to crucify me, but let me tell you something. You have no power that God doesn't give to you in this Mm -hmm. situation. Jesus owns the room. Paul's owning that room. That's not our goal, to own every room. I'm not suggesting that, but Paul does. Mm -hmm. And so that, that pushes back on what I was saying to that last question, to the world out there that thinks it's insane or madness mm-hmm. to believe in Jesus, that there's no real substance mm-hmm. or, or to our faith, but there actually is. And the deeper we look into history, the more we see it favors the faithful. Yes. I'll also mm-hmm. say this, is that Paul isn't offended. Right. He, yeah. has, he has this non-anxious mm-hmm. presence in, in every situation, and he gets into some situations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thrown in prison. He's You know, if you're reading carefully along the way, you're like, Paul's literally taking a beating here. Yeah, he's yeah. almost dying. Yeah. Most, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they want to kill him. They they want to they mm-hmm. just... And, but Paul takes so seriously what happened to Jesus. He's like, well, if they do it to me, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. turned out well for Jesus. And since I belong to Jesus, it'll turn out well for me. Man, it's, if that's not just a confidence boost to Paul, that's a confidence boost to us. Mm-hmm. In yeah. this world today, the goal is not to gain power. The goal is not to take over. The goal is, the goal is to love. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing about Paul is even though these people are treating him like a ridiculous, he's, you're insane, Paul, they say, right. or it's madness in another English translation mm-hmm. of the original Greek. Not only is Paul not offended, but he tries to evangelize them. Right. Yeah. You know, as you were saying, yeah. actually, he's, he's like, well, whether you believe it now or later, yeah. you're going to come to it because uh-huh. I think you're a smart enough person to see it. Yeah. And I'll just keep pointing you to it. I'll yes. keep pointing you to the hope of Jesus Christ that he, saves us. He doesn't stoop lowly, right? Like you see how the worldly powers treat him. And Paul is never calling them out on personal behavior or right. right. Like he's, he's not throwing in their face. Like, well, you're crazy too. I mean, yeah. he is in a very like loving way yeah. presenting them with capital T truth. Yeah. Capital yeah. T truth. Is <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, the way you put sure. that. Yeah. He's, yeah, and he doesn't sure. defend. He, he doesn't like take the offensive thing and say, what you call me insane. I'm not insane. And, and push back right. on that mm-hmm. or say, Oh, you're, you're just a meanie. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a terrible <laughs> yeah. person for saying that. It's like, what I have before me is an evangelism opportunity. Mm-hmm. What I have before mm-hmm. me is an opportunity to share the gospel with mm-hmm. two more people yes. uh, who are here right now. What if we all thought that way? Yeah. And so when, when somebody says something offensive to us, what I have here is an opportunity mm-hmm. to reflect the light of Christ. It's hard. Oh, <laughs> Again, yeah. I'm not saying, right. so that's easy. Everyone just do it <laughs> just do uh, because we're all human. Mm-hmm. And the temptation is to, yeah, I get hit on this side of my face. I'm going to mm-hmm. punch harder and, and mm-hmm. get revenge. But Jesus has turned the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When all hope was gone for the ship caught in a storm at sea, what good news did God provide for the ship's crew of 276 people through Paul? And what's in this story for us today? Here's some good news. You're not going to die. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the good news that Paul... So Paul goes from prisoner to chaplain, yeah. which is really fascinating to me. So once again, you would think, oh, Paul's just a prisoner, needs to keep his mouth shut. He's around people who have more power. He should be intimidated. But Paul's like, I don't care about that. I'm here to share Jesus with you. I'm here to give you the good news. So he gives them good news on two levels. Look at Acts chapter 27, like verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Mm. I dove into the original Greek of that verse because I love to do that. And maybe you have an English translation at home as you're listening to this that says it a little differently. But in the NLT, it says all hope was gone. In the original Greek, it says all hope was gone that they thought they could be saved. Mm. 
And the word for saved is the same word that's used for salvation throughout the New Testament that talks about the new and everlasting life we get mm. in Christ. So this story is happening, but this story is also being used by Luke, who's writing Acts to as a metaphor, as, a, as, an, as an analogy to say, this is what it's like when you're up against it. Mm-hmm. This is what it's like when you don't have any hope. This is what it's like when you're in a storm of life. You, you're, the shipwrecks are happening all around you in your life. And I'm sure somebody listening to us in this conversation right now who are joining us on this podcast today are in that place. They're like, I feel like my life is shipwrecked. Yeah. I feel yeah. like everything is falling apart. We've all... I know you guys. I know your stories. I know all... We've all faced that. And I'm not talking about, oh, I broke a nail today or or my dog had a bad day or I'm talking about deepest Mm -hmm. stuff. The the stuff, and it's hit us all. None of us are immune Mm -hmm. from that. So when the shipwrecks come... Who saves us? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got good news for you, Paul says, is now not the prisoner, but the chaplain, ministering to the people on the boat. We have a God who saves. Yeah. We have a God who breaks through the shipwrecks, who breaks through the storms, and that's really good news for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just ahead. think, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just think we kind of also see a little bit of a sense of Paul's sense of humor in yes. this question, <laughs> like, you know, or when he answers this. And so, um, you know, first of all, you should have listened to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, so he, he can't like, help he himself can't, but throwing that in. He can't. Yeah. I'll let you know I did yeah, tell you. I mean, I, I tried to tell you. <laughs> I'm glad okay, you brought that I'm up. Saying. There's the other time he's on trial where <laughs> yeah. he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were the chief priest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I said, my bad. But back to what you <laughs> yes, were saying here. Yes. He's like, yeah. So had you listened to me, we would avoid this whole thing. And he's like, you're not going <laughs> to die. There is this little thing about a shipwreck, though. That's yeah. definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we are, we are. The ship's going down. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely going to happen. But you're going to be okay. So just hang on. I just, I can't help but read it that way yeah. with a little yeah. bit of. How do you guys handle the shipwrecks? What yeah. do you, What do you do oh. in those cases? What What have you found to be helpful for the people who are tuning in? What would you say to them? It, it, are the things because I know you've both been up against it, I, mm-hmm. Emily and I too. So how have you handled the shipwrecks in your life? I mean, mm-hmm. are we just blowing smoke, or is there mm-hmm. something to our faith here that that carries us through those moments? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's a twofold thing. Uh, first and foremost, um, seeing the ways, the little ways that God has shown up throughout my life throughout the life of the people Mm -hmm. that I love. Mm -hmm. I think when we look at Paul, we can imagine that he just had this incredible chutzpah for lack of a, you know, he was just able to do things that normal people aren't able to do. But Paul had been, he had experienced God in, in big ways and in little ways. And every single one of those adds up to a faith that then when you are facing difficulty, when you're facing difficulty, you can know, here's the deal. Difficulty happens to everybody. And the only real question is, are you going to do it with God? Or are you going to try and white knuckle it through on mm-hmm. your own? I mean, you look around you, you see people trying to white knuckle it on your own, on their own, and that yeah. never really goes very well. Yeah. So um, instead of, you know, for me, it is a, instead of saying, God, why did this happen? Just being like, God, I'm so glad you're with me. I mean, it is a, it is a perspective shift. It's, it's in the way that you look at those things because other people go through them without God and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Um, totally complete reliance on who I know God is. Mm -hmm. Genesis to Revelation, God doesn't leave his people. God doesn't abandon them. God has good things for them. Um, time and time again, you see people suffer. It's 
it's part of what we sign up for. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. what we're reading about in Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't make us immune to it. Shipwrecks happen. Shipwrecks <laughs> happen. And, and God is in all of them. Yep. Um, there are moments where we forget that, right? Where sure. as a human being, even the people who love Jesus, there are moments where you go, God, where the heck are you? I know you're supposed to be here, but I'm not sure where you went. That's when you lean on community. Yeah. That's when you lean on the people who can remind you. If you don't see God in this, Ashley, I will see God for you. And mm-hmm. I will point out the ways that he's showing up. And you might not want to hear it in that moment. <laughs> like, don't tell me God's showing up in yeah. my misery today because I don't feel mm-hmm. it. Being surrounded by people who can humbly remind you that God is there and love you when you feel like that love is gone is really important. You know, it's really interesting. You say community, and that's so true. Paul didn't do a whole lot of this on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the preacher, and he was the one who gets quoted a lot, and he's the one who gets put on trial. Mm-hmm. But watch him all throughout Acts, and mm-hmm. listen, and, and, and pay attention to it now as we read his letters throughout the rest yeah. of the New Testament. He's always, he's always referring to community. Mm-hmm. He's always referring to how important it is that he's doing this together with other people. So just a gentle... Um, hopefully completely love-based, you know, chaplain kind of push here is a pastor's heart from us to all of our listeners right now. If you are the kind of Christian who's just doing it alone or just completely online by yourself, just Mm -hmm. you and God as a private sort of form of Christianity, that's good. What would be great? I mean, what would really help, especially when you're shipwrecked, especially when you're up against it, Mm -hmm. is having community, sisters and brothers in Christ around you. Because guess what? All of them have been shipwrecked before too, and they (laughs) persevered and they endured. And how did they do it? They did it by keeping the faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And our suffering produces endurance, endurance character, and character hope. And who wrote that? Paul, Paul. <laughs> inspired by the Holy Spirit, who knows something about suffering, who knows something about what it's like. And who did he write it to? The church in Rome, <laughs> yeah. that, that he, we we're following him mm-hmm. to now, and he's shipwrecked on the way to Rome. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this comes together. The more we know the story, the more it starts to click for us. But um, encourage you all, please, uh, don't do Christianity alone. It's a mm-hmm. team sport. Find mm-hmm. your community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a life application point or points for us in the somewhat humorous account of Paul shaking <laughs> off a poisonous snake in Acts 28, 3 through 6? <laughs> Funny. Um, sure. Uh, Acts 28, they're, on, they're shipwrecked on this island. Paul is gathering sticks, laying them out for a fire, and a poisonous snake, uh, driven out by the heat, bites him on the hand. I think it's funny. The people <laughs> of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no <laughs> doubt. They're talking about Paul. Uh, Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Uh, but Paul shakes off the snake uh, into the fire and is unharmed. And then Paul goes on to do miracles in uh, in where, where they're shipwrecked in Malta. And um, I just, it's funny throughout scripture, what do snakes represent, right? Like yeah. snakes have a meaning, uh, they represent evil. And Paul's like, okay, prisons can't hold me. A shipwreck can't kill me. You think the snake is gonna is gonna is gonna tear me down before I reach where my calling is to to be in Rome? No, and the people think he's a god for it. Yeah, that's the somewhat humorous part. That's really funny. Yeah. I'm a little fickle. Okay, uh, after whatever. a few days, I like yes. that it says they waited a few days. They waited yeah. sure, he was okay. sure. Okay, we're just gonna watch him really closely for the next. Because couple as days. you said, when when the poisonous snake bit Paul, they're like, oh well, he's he's, done. he's he's the worst guy ever. Yes, and yes. now he's god. Yeah. A God. A God and goes on yeah. to do to do miracles here. And it's like, 
what in the world is happening? I, I did pull up N.T. Wright's commentary on this because I was like, what am I missing here, <laughs> N.T. Wright? Please teach me something. And N.T. Wright says, just take this for what it is. I'm curious your thoughts. But he says, this is essentially Paul's crucifixion. Yeah. This, if, if we're superimposing Paul on Jesus. That's pretty good. This is Paul's crucifixion. This, this shipwreck being bitten by a snake on an island still has work to do. And getting to Rome is actually Paul's resurrection. Yeah. Like this, his stepping into his calling, knowing that nothing's going to defeat him. And I just found that super interesting. I was mm. like, huh, this is all building. This is kind of like the pinnacle of suffering for Paul. And you would never get that he's suffering here, mm. right? You're like, oh, he saw mm-hmm. the mission and hope in front of him. And that's really powerful. He mm-hmm. just keeps going. He keeps going. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he keeps going. And he shows us yet again, by example, how to shake off yeah. the stuff that comes after you. Um, and and he does it in a way that shows us that God's got his back. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, God is with him in the midst of it. So mm-hmm. it, it, the theme continues on. The yes. beat goes on. Yeah. yeah. What do you want our podcast listeners to notice about how Luke ends the book of Acts? Mm-hmm. Was it a mistake or is Luke trying to get the church's attention, including us? Well... I doubt very much that Luke made a mistake in the way he ended his. He's, he's a little written, too precise He has for that. written yeah. so real many smart. words. I yeah. think that he was probably intentional on <laughs> in how we ended it. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about kind of Paul and what, what drives him and uh, why he works so hard and that kind of things. But we get to the end of this. And if this were the end of a movie or the end of a series, if you're watching a TV series, you know, something that you loved and you wanted a bookend on it, like if you got to the way Luke ends this, you'd be like, you'd be so mad. Like, right? right? Like, what happens? (laughs) Right? Uh, And that's very much intentional because the church is going to continue to grow. The church doesn't have to this date an end of the Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. And... um, what you read from Paul here in the end of this is he's uh, in last week's reading, I believe he said, and he didn't say it in a super friendly way because he was a little bit frustrated, but he's like, I've done everything I can do. Mm. I have told you all the truth of this Messiah. I have mm. brought, I have made these dots so close together. I've literally done everything I can do. Mm. And so Holy Spirit will do the rest. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the something that we talk about here all the time is we encourage one another and support one another and bring our our very best to the table to what we do every single day. And we bring our best knowing that it is nowhere near enough on our own, but us and the the folks that we work with who are all rowing in the same direction, plus way more important than that, power of the Holy Spirit at work and what's going on uh, is going to accomplish what what Holy Spirit has set out to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so, so we are... The subsequent chapters of X. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yep. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yep. We're mm-hmm. written right into the story. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we are called to continue this story. Mm-hmm. So we're reading about the acts of, of the apostles. Well, guess who the apostles are now? It's the church. It's yep. us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we're called to continue on. And people, Amanda, you referred to this, they might read that and say, oh, what happened to Paul? Yeah. You know, I Keep mean, reading. if you're watching this as a movie and Paul takes the mm-hmm. featured role at the, at mm-hmm. the back half of the yeah. book of Acts. What happened to the hero? And yeah. It's not the point. Right. That was never <laughs> Luke's point. Luke told you what his point was yes. in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that this gospel, this good news would be 
led by the Holy Spirit through the apostles, through the church, would go to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it did. Yes. And so Paul, uh, or so Luke has already wrapped up the story by saying, now Paul, and not only did it go out to the ends of the earth, it went to Rome. Mm-hmm. It went to the center of the mm-hmm. earth, to the center of the world, of world mm-hmm. citizenship. It's at the heart. And so it was. it's not just a, a thing from this little section uh, of Galilee anymore. It's not just this little movement around the Sea of Galilee for, for a couple of people or a, a tribe of folks. Now it's, a, now it's in Rome, and now it's going to the ends of the earth, and from there to, to the whole world. That's really good news, and we are written into this story. So uh, we are out of time, so we're going to have to wrap up there. But golly, that went fast. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Pastor Ashley. Thank you, Pastor Amanda. Yeah, For you. more from Pastor Ashley and Pastor Amanda, they'll both be preaching this weekend yep. uh, at a Hope uh, location near you. <laughs> Emily will be here too, right? doing what you always do, <laughs> church life, and making sure we have a church and life and that it's all coming together. So thanks for what you do. Thank you for all of you, uh, to all of you for joining us, for tuning in, for liking, for sharing this podcast. Keeps It continues to grow. We, we can't go anywhere without bumping yeah. into people who yeah. find us and, and want to know, like, how was your vacation, Emily, yeah. and things like that. <laughs> we, love, we love you. God loves you even more. We'll see you at Worship This Week. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite platform, and we'll see you next time.